Hey all, we'll just give uh, everybody a, a, a second to get settled here. And today maybe um, short and sweet. I know uh, I know we got folks scattered all over um, all over the country, but uh, we here in the Northeast got uh, smoked with a pretty nice storm in, in, in the Boston area. I know Bill got hit down there in New Jersey. So we're, we're both digging out at home. Kids are home from school. So it's a little bit of a, <clears throat> of a wacky day um, for us due to the weather. Um, but we at least wanna make sure that we, we uh, logged on today and get to any questions you have. So, uh, so again, we, we don't really have any uh, content to proactively cover um, on our end today, um, but we wanna make sure that we did at least jump on and answer any questions that um, might be out there. And, and uh, you know, if there's not a lot of questions, we'll keep it brief. But, but again, we are open so long as uh, you guys have questions. And, and um, just a reminder to please, please put those in the Q&A as opposed to the uh, chat section so everybody can see them. Um, <clears throat> as always, these will be recorded and put in the community. So for those that couldn't attend live, um, it'll live there. If you, if you want to um, uh, go back and reference any of these, again, they're all saved in our, our private uh, membership community. Um, but again, uh, blast them in there and we will get to them. And uh, if you want to remain, remain anonymous with those questions, you have the ability to do so as well. So, uh, so we will sit tight and you guys can kind of gather your thoughts and pop any questions in there. Um, yeah, and Matt, in the meantime, I'm just going to do a quick refresher on kind of um, the awards page and how that translates over to the how to pay page and walking through kind of the quickly from the, the difference between the how to pay page at, uh, projections and the how to pay pay um, how to pay page awards. Now that some awards are starting to come yep, in, it's a good idea. Take it away. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so. Um, so hopefully everyone's spending a decent amount of time uh, in their their family portal and on College Aid Pro. So uh, I've mentioned this before, but we kind of designed this um, in a way that it kind of mirrors the flow of this process where, you know, uh, first it's kind of put your data in, then it's let's go shopping for schools, get an estimate uh, on the projections, um, you know, after we kind of put our school list together. We go ahead and, um, you know, uh, actually apply for financial aid to these schools. So hopefully you're leveraging these. Um, and if you are leveraging, say, the applications page where you're managing kind of um, all of your financial aid forms, things like that. Um, if you did apply early action, early decision, uh, for the most part, you know, folks are getting those uh, hopefully acceptances but you also can get waitlisted or declined. Um, so if you do um, uh, choose to leverage the applications page, which we encourage you to do, um, uh, if you select accepted on the dropdown, uh, that school is gonna automatically uh, show up on the uh, awards portlet or the awards page, which I'm gonna show you guys in, in just a second. Uh, if not, it's not a big deal, uh, but again, uh, Based on a tremendous amount of feedback across the country, um, you know, managing and tracking where you've been waitlisted, declined um, at this point in the process um, can be super helpful, uh, certainly not mandatory. Um, so we have, let's say, Stonehill and Scranton. We'll say that we got those. We applied early um, and maybe 
uh, Yale, we applied early, uh, but we got waitlisted. And Iowa, we can just assume we did this regular decision, so we haven't gotten our, our award back just yet. Okay. Um, so if we go back to our dashboard, um, you know, we can start to really look at the awards page. You know, and this is really a page to help manage and track these awards coming in. And it's really hard because uh, drilling down on ultimately, let's get down to brass tacks. What is this going to cost my family um, and be able to compare to the other schools that your son or daughter has been accepted to? Okay, so um, as you can see on the applications page, we indicated that we were accepted at Stonehill and Scranton. So that's why they're here. Uh, but you could always add schools. Um, directly on this page. So if we want to say, you know, Eastern, we can just go ahead and put them on here. Um, and uh, if you already are comfortable uh, with this and, and, and you know, are leverage, leveraging this, uh, awesome, just bear with me. Um, so once we have the school on here, uh, we can drop down and you can see that there's zeros here for the cost, the cost of attendance. The, the reason is because, um, College Aid Pro, we use, you know, projected costs, and they're very, very close, uh, but it's kind of interesting how this process unfolds where, um, you know, we don't know the exact dollar amounts of what the bill is going to be until the end of, you know, senior year, when schools start to calculate what their actual bills are going to be, and they send those bills out sometime uh, in June. Uh, those bills are due in August. And, um, but that's when we know exact down to the dollar. But these financial aid awards, when they are sent to you, um, sometimes they include the cost figures or their projected cost figures. And it might differ a little bit from what we use uh, in College Aid Pro. Again, they're going to be close. But once we're at this page, we want to start to really start to uh, think about the fact that we're starting to work with actual numbers uh, or um versus you know projected numbers um a lot of the awards uh, that that are sent do not include cost figures and they don't include cost figures because for a lot of schools or, or most schools um they don't have those calculated so they just tell you what your you know expected aid is going to be so in that case you could just use this button use defaults and you'll see that it populates um you know, what we have in the system to help you there. And then as you break down your uh, financial aid award, you just pull those pieces of information right off the award. Um, you know, unless you have a very low EFC, these are likely going to be zero. These are all for, uh, you know, need-based, uh, where you see the word grant, need-based grants, and those are usually only offered to folks who uh, have a, a, a very low EFC, likely below uh, 5,000. Institutional grant, this is money that's coming, uh, need-based award from the college itself. Um, and then merit scholarship is um, also money coming from the college, but it's it's a merit award. It's based on the student's academics. Um, so you can kind of put these in here to track and manage, and it's going to allow you to uh, see what the remaining cost is. Um, if you've gotten a full financial aid award, what you'll notice is that every student is offered $5,500 in the federal student loan. Um, and if you are eligible for any sort of need-based financial aid, there's, there's going to be a breakdown of, you know, a sub or an unsub portion. It's going to total 5,500. 
if for some reason you are not eligible for need-based financial aid, then it's just going to look like this. It's going to be all in unsubsidized, okay? This is a loan. It's not free money. So you do have to kind of think about anytime you're entering into a loan agreement, right? It has to be paid back. So it might not be an automatic yes. Now, if borrowing is anywhere on the radar, uh, whether it's year one or year four, you want to start by maximizing this program. Um, you know, and, and it also checks that box where, you know, some folks want the student to have some skin in the game. This is the only loan that's not going to require uh, a parental co-signer or to be in the parent's name. So you would want to go ahead and uh, consider that. Uh, if you're unsure, just leave it blank, right? But if you think that's the route you're going to go, you can go ahead and say, yep, we're going to accept that 5,500. And then it automatically kind of calculates that um, remaining cost to the family, okay? And then you could kind of minimize this to get the apples to apples comparison. The one thing I want to um, show everyone here, and we're not gonna get uh, bogged down by it today, but it's something we're gonna talk about is when you use the default, right? The cost of attendance includes, uh, you know, books and supplies and then travel and miscellaneous costs. Without kind of boring everyone, they bake this into the cost of attendance for a couple of reasons. They, they want you to understand that, you know, there's gonna be other costs outside of tuition and room and board um, that you're gonna come across. But these are what are called indirect costs. Indirect costs, meaning that you're not gonna get a bill from the college for these, but you know, you're gonna incur those uh, along the way, likely. Uh, these tuition, room and board, those are called direct costs. And that's, you know, that, that's what you're gonna get, um, uh, you know, a bill from the college for. The main reason why they include this in the cost of attendance is because it helps them calculate what you're eligible to borrow. Um, they bake into the uh, kind of equation that you may need to borrow these amounts. Uh, these are completely estimated. You know, they vary per school. Some schools have like an obscene number for travel and miscellaneous, you know, four or 5,000 bucks. So as you're doing your family planning, you know, you might say, hey, listen, uh, we live in Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, we're we're likely going to Stonehill College, but there's no way we're spending close to two thousand on traveling miscellaneous. You know, we're, we're going to kind of back that out. Maybe we'll leave the books and supplies in there. Um, you know, to to um, and and the idea being that you you want to give your family an idea of you know what's the brass tax here? What what is it you know really going to uh, cost us? That way you can kind of compare it to the other colleges that your son or daughter's um, looking into. So that, that's not, you know, super common knowledge. Um, and these numbers can seem inflated. So, so that's a piece of the puzzle that I want to um, sort of show everyone. Now, once we kind of have leveraged this awards page, okay, now we're, we can, or we have the ability to start working with, um, uh, you know, actual numbers, right, versus the projections. And so far as all of our clients have, you know, started to get awards and things, you know, the cap projections have been pretty darn spot on. And if anything, they've been more conservative. We're seeing awards come back that are even more generous than what the projections are. And that's kind of how we design the system. So it's, it's actually, uh, it's working uh, the way that we intended to, which is, uh, you know, um, which is encouraging. So now, once we've leveraged the awards page, now we can start to, you know, really leverage the how to pay page. And hopefully, um, 
everyone has, you know, spent some time on the how to pay page already. You know, we want you to really start to think about how you're going to be paying for this thing as early as possible, um, taking a proactive stance on this. Now you can see, so Boston College, there isn't a star next to uh, Boston College or BU because we haven't indicated that we've been accepted there, as opposed to Northeastern Stonehill Scranton. They're on the awards page. And if you're on the awards page and you're putting in financial aid award information, well, you're only doing that if you got accepted to the school. So if we go to uh, the University of Scranton, what you'll notice is now these light up in terms of having an option to work with projected or awards. Um, the default is projected, but once you have awards, you can switch over to the awards how to pay page and start to work from actual figures. Now, all of these things are, you know, you can edit those, but what you'll notice is um, on the awards page for um, Scranton, we put that, you know, the student got a $25,000 merit scholarship, right? What we know about merit scholarships are they, they remain consistent every single year for all four years. There are some exceptions, but, you know, the majority of the time, um, so as long as a student, you know, maintains a certain GPA, um, that, that merit scholarship essentially is guaranteed. So what you'll see is that the system already projects that out over the course of the four years, okay? Um, and then if for some reason there's a need-based grant, CAP's gonna do all the calculations for you, um, especially if, let's say, you're eligible for need-based financial aid in year one, but then two years down the line, uh, you have your second going in, so there'll be two years of overlap. CAP's gonna automatically uh, project out and, and calculate what you can expect for an increase in need-based financial aid. Again, uh, with the idea of, you know, we want to we want to plan for the four year investment here. Um, so so that is just a feature I wanted to uh, review with everyone. It's not the most intuitive, but once you see it, I think you kind of get it um, that, you know, you, you can start to really work with, um, you know, the actual figures. Now, for regular decision schools, you know, we're probably not getting those awards back until, you know, March at the earliest, April. Um, so for those schools, we still want to work from a projection standpoint, right? So let's go to BU. Let's say we're a regular decision at BU. We don't have that option. So we're just working from projections, which is totally fine. Uh, but once we have the awards, we can start to work from kind of an actual uh, standpoint. And, um, we can also leverage reports as well from an actual standpoint, should you want, where anything that you put on the awards page, we have a report that you can either view or print out as a PDF uh, that kind of helps you manage that. And then we have our how to pay projected, how to pay awards. Um, so I just wanted to review that because, you know, we're really starting to get the early action, early decision um, uh, awards and acceptance is coming back. So being able to track and manage that efficiently, I think is super important. And also just a, a reminder, um, don't hesitate to leverage the document vault here. Um, we kind of set it up in a way where based on our experience, we know that you know, it's, it, it gets crazy with acceptances all over the place. You have all these student portals and things like that. So um, feel free to use this where you, you, know, you can have a folder where all of your awards go in there. Um, you know, uh, if you have, if you want to save your FAFSA, um, 
save your CSS profile for this year, put it in the applications folder. Uh, that'll help you say next year when you go to fill out the FAFSA, the CSS profile, you have those PDFs saved and, and you don't have to scramble uh, go, to go look for them. Um, so feel free to use this. Um, it, from a security standpoint, it's, you know, Matt and I are limited in terms of our technology speak, but our programmer who uh, we work with to build this platform, they actually, outside of working with us for College Aid Pro, they exclusively work for um, uh, banks and credit unions um, and sort of that whole financial sector that where compliance and security is um, extremely, extremely, uh, you know, probably top priority. So we're, we're in good hands from that standpoint. Um, so that's kind of my spiel and, and um, I will um, kind of open up the floor. Any questions, comments, things like that. Um, yeah, then, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys found that helpful. It, it, it does. If you haven't gotten any awards yet, um, you know, even being in this business for our entire careers and 15 years now and seeing tens of thousands of award letters, it still amazes me how you know, they, they do not speak the same language. It is not streamlined. And still some of these colleges offers, you really don't know what you're looking at and what, you know, what's free money, what's need-based aid, what's merit-based scholarships, what's a loan, what am I going to have to pay back? And, you know, ultimately what's the school actually going to cost me, right? So that's, that's the whole point of that going through that exercise. Cause it's pretty stinking important because a lot of these awards can be extremely misleading. You know, there's, the, the most uh, egregious offenders are the colleges, of which there's a decent chunk, that will include uh, what's called a parent plus loan in the award. And uh, that's the federal government program for parents that are borrowing to send their, borrowing money to send their kids to college. And it can be extremely deceiving because it, for many people that are, that are none the wiser, it appears like they are giving you, for example, $40,000, when in fact, that's just telling you that you have the option potentially to take out this loan for forty thousand dollars so you know there was a a app because of that uh because that gets lost in translation um you know there are families that commit to schools thinking that their uh net cost that they're going to have to actually pay is wildly different uh than the uh reality so uh, just a reminder guys put all the questions in the q a not in the chat section okay all the questions in the in the uh, Q and A, not in the chat section, so everybody can can see them. Um, okay, so so question here in the Q and A: um, To what extent um, denial of financial aid is from a college? Can I leverage financial aid like scholarships and not need based aid awarded by a college to negotiate for some sort of aid at another college? So I'm not crystal clear on on, on the first uh, um, sentence in, in in the series of questions here, but. Uh, I, I know exactly what you're saying in terms of can we leverage a merit-based scholarship um, when negotiating or appealing at another college, right? Now, remember, the, the, it's, always, uh, it's always appeal, right? We're not negotiating with the colleges. They hate that word. If you remember from our, um, uh, that module in the community, when we go through, we spend a lot of time on, on how to negotiate and, and appeal for additional financial aid. We're always using the word appeal. But the short answer you know, is yes, okay, you know, a merit-based scholarship can be used um, as ammunition at a different college. Um, you know, if, let's say, for example, you're accepted into two colleges, one offered you a merit-based scholarship, the other did not, 
can we bring that to the attention of the college that did not and potentially squeeze some money out of them? So again, the short answer is yes, this happens. Okay. Now, just like you've heard me say more than anything else, it all depends on the college, right? Now, first of all, as you are aware at this point, there is a percentage of colleges that do not offer merit-based scholarships. So for those colleges, if you didn't get a need-based financial aid and you get a college, but you do get a merit scholarship at another school, that's irrelevant. They're not going to care. Okay. Um, that's just part of their model. Now, again, it all depends on a school. Some schools like state schools, uh, generally specifically, right. For the most part, all state schools, especially the state flagship universities, it's a very black and white system, pretty cut and dry. If you didn't get a merit-based scholarship initially, if you, uh, that's probably the deal. Even if you got one from somewhere else, they're probably going to say, and oftentimes they do very politely, we recommend that you go to that other school. Okay. Um, now, of course, there are schools where this is, can absolutely be leveraged and leveraged successfully. Okay. Uh, there are even some schools that go so far. We've seen a few this year, more than we ever have. We, we have seen more money given away by colleges this year than we ever have. That is the initial takeaway of how is COVID impacting financial aid and scholarships. Colleges are so stinking worried about filling their embeds and their enrollment that it's almost like collectively they've got together and said, we just got to get kids in here. Um, and I expect this to be kind of a short-term deal. I think for the class of 2021, as a matter of fact, you're going to get some awesome benefits. And I hope every single one of you fit into that category um, of just this kind of great um, silver lining of this whole pandemic is that you're going to get more money than you would have any other year. I think we're going to go back to reality next year. Um, you know, and, and, uh, yo, listen, you guys deserve it and your kids deserve it. You, you've had to go through this process and in, in the most challenging time ever. So, um, I'm, I'm glad, you know, we're happy to see it and I hope everybody fits into that category, but there are some schools that have even said, if you get, uh, with their scholarship award letters, it is said right in the scholarship. Okay. This, and this is, uh, I, I, I might even say a first, if you get a higher offer from another college, send it to us, we'll match it out of the gates, letting, letting families know that if they get a better offer from somewhere else, they will match it. Okay. Um, there are schools that have, you know, right on their financial aid websites, a, a form, a PDF form that you print out and fill in and say, show us the schools that gave you more money, include the award letters. We get to see proof of it. We're not just going to take your word for it. And we will absolutely consider that and repackaging, right? I'm thinking of St. Joseph's as a school in Philadelphia uh, that does that. Okay. Uh, there's a school in Massachusetts here, um, uh, uh, Clark University, that in a very interesting kind of random metric they use, at least in my opinion, that if you are accepted into another top 100 uh, colleges, according to US News, again, that's where I think it's just kind of a random, somewhat arbitrary thing. But if you're accepted into another top 100 school and they give you another um, and they give you a higher merit-based scholarship than we gave you, we will match it. Um, so there's, there's interest. Again, it's all, every school is different, but it's absolutely something you want to investigate for your particular schools. Okay. Hey Matt, so I'm glad you brought that up about Clark and just kind of a reminder that we have the U S news rankings, um, within college aid pro here. So if you just click on any go. of the school pop-outs, you, you're able to see what, what the, uh, U.S. News ranking is, along with some other rankings, uh, the Forbes ranking, the 
uh, Money Magazine ranking. But um, uh, so uh, if you if you didn't know that already in the school pop outs, um, you know, I'll just I'll just show here just to make sure that people understand. Um, let's see here. So you can see here the U. Um, we have the U.S. News ranking, Forbes ranking, Money ranking. Um, they they're different because they just kind of they have different ways to um, different metrics, um, but uh, they're in there. So how do you get there if you if you're unaware? Um, anytime you have a hyperlink for the college, you know you just go ahead and click on it, and there's your school pop out. Yeah, that's helpful. Thanks. So a couple of good questions here and we could really teach a whole course and, and hopefully you, you got some value in what um, Bill showed you here in, um, you know, financial aid award literacy and kind of literacy in general in terms of, you know, the, the confusion and lack of consistency uh, that you experience when you do get accepted to colleges, right? So Generally, it works like this. When you get accepted into a college, if you're going to receive a merit-based scholarship, that generally comes with the acceptance. That's the most common. If you get a merit-based scholarship, the most common way that you'll receive that information is it will say, congratulations, you've been accepted and you've been offered a $15,000 annual presidential scholarship or whatever uh, the name of that award happens to be. Okay. There are other schools that will say you've been accepted and scholarship information will follow. That's a great indication that you have received a merit-based scholarship, but, but you got to sit tight for the details. Okay. Um, and, 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 but with very few exceptions, if you are going to receive a merit-based scholarship, you're going to find that out within two weeks of the acceptance. Okay. So if you don't get any indication that you've got a merit-based scholarship within two weeks of the acceptance letter it is safe to assume of course you would you we would encourage you to call the admissions office to um uh, you, you know to to confirm this but it's safe to assume that that you you have you're not going to receive and you did not receive a merit-based scholarship at that school okay now in terms of need-based financial aid again generally speaking uh, your need-based financial aid awards, assuming that you've, you've submitted all financial aid and verification information, you know, the applications and the, verif the verifying uh, information, if they've asked for it. Generally, again, with acceptances, you receive that within a couple weeks of, uh, of the acceptance, right? So you'll get your financial aid award within a couple weeks of the acceptance. Again, generally, there are exceptions to that, okay? So, and there's some extreme ones. So for example, there are some colleges, albeit uh, not a huge percentage, that even if you are accepted via early decision or early action, it may be several months before you get a financial aid award. Um, so again, every college is a little bit different in terms of their timing and how you get the information. Um, so, so you, you know, that's why you just got to kind of focus on a particular college that, that or colleges that you guys uh, have been accepted to. Okay. Um, and, and as a, you know, something, an exercise that we can do the next time that we meet is to actually walk through 
a couple examples of actual financial aid awards. So we'll redact the personal information, but actually walk through them. But as a general rule of thumb, anytime that you see the word grant, that is need-based and it is free money, right? So a lot of times it might be called institutional grant or sometimes need grant. If it's a federal program, it might say Pell Grant. But in short, if we see that word grant there, it is um, it is it, it is a free need-based financial aid award, okay? Usually, and again, there's exceptions here. That's why we have to be a little cute with our language. Usually, if we see the word scholarship, right, presidential scholarship or award, okay, uh, that is a merit-based scholarship, okay? So, so, so generally, they are identified, you know, right in there as a scholarship or oftentimes it's commonly, you know, articulated as, as award and that's when it's a uh, a merit-based uh, deal, okay? Now, again, Boston College likes to confuse everybody. So they actually call, call their need-based grants scholarships, right? So they're one of the, the outliers there, but uh, it's a tough one because it's a pretty popular college, um, you know, but, but if, if a lot of families think that they got a brilliant kid because they got a $40,000 scholarship because it says scholarship, and I don't blame them for being confused, but that is in fact a need-based award. Now that's an exception rather than the rule, but I'm sure plenty of you on here are, are applying to uh, Boston College, okay? Um, so hopefully that answers that piece. Yeah, so, so again, just another question here in terms of how schools do things. Yeah, it, it, it's fairly common that you could get the news that you've been accepted and maybe even a scholarship, but the remaining need-based financial aid award does not come with that, um, you know, with that notification. And, you know, if you, uh, any need-based financial aid award, that call to inquire goes to the financial aid office. Every single college has a financial aid office. So if you get accepted and you're just, you know, super nervous, like a lot of people to say, what's the money going to look like? You can at least call the financial aid office saying, we've been accepted. When can we expect to receive our financial aid award? How can we expect to receive it? Some colleges send snail mail home. You get an actual physical award. The most common, uh, that, that now is less common, but it still exists. Uh, the two most common ways that you'll, you'll actually receive the financial aid award is via email, uh, or they will just upload it to the student portal, right? So if, uh, for example, Syracuse University, another popular school here in the Northeast, uh, is, is a school that really only communicates through what they call their MySlice portal. Uh, which is the student portal and all information, both academic and financial goes there. And the only way to see what you've got is, is by logging onto the account and, um, you know, going into the financial aid section and seeing what the offer is. So, so again, a few different, a variety of ways that colleges will actually uh, disseminate that, that information. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so that's correct. For a need-based financial aid award, that really has nothing to do with the admissions office or admissions counselor. Um, you know, that you need to call the financial aid office to get that information uh, and or email the, the financial aid office. Now, the, in, in, as it pertains to this conversation and the question we had earlier in terms of um, appealing for additional merit-based scholarship information, 
that would actually happen with the with the admissions office in most cases. Um, you know, so it's funny that, that, you know, based on the client, we may do appeals with admissions offices at some schools, but then the financial aid offices at others, because in some cases, we're appealing for additional need based consideration. Okay, all having to do with the financial formula, or in some cases, we might be appealing for additional merit based consideration, where it has to do with the students academics and that money comes from the admissions office. Yeah, I think it's a, so the question is here, should we thank the school, um, you know, if we get accepted and, and um, uh, get a, get a scholarship. I, you know, I always think it's a very nice practice, even if you don't know if you're going to go there, even if you haven't made a final decision, even if you don't end up going there, you know, and, and, and taking it one layer further, I would recommend that come from the student and that student, if they don't know who their admissions counselor is already, they go out of their way to find out who that is and email them directly. It's just a great practice. And even if you don't go there, you know, it's just a, a, a nice way to, to kind of uh, hopefully starting that lifelong uh, process of never burning any bridges, right? So, so for example, uh, if you guys saw the video that we do, that we put out um, last night, I mentioned at the, uh, at the end of that, that it's a great practice for when the kids make a decision of where they want to attend, if they reach out to the, I, we recommend that they reach out to the colleges that accepted them that they are not attending and just thank them for the acceptance and let them know they're going elsewhere. Again, it's just a, a great practice and, uh, you know, it's a, a nice way to start to hopefully build their network and do things the right way. Yeah, so again, in terms of the question is again, you know, after you're accepted, when should you expect the final cost detail? Or some call it, 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 the the extremes here are are so um, it, 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 there's a huge spectrum here, right? For some colleges that that, that uh, you know you you get accepted and you get the full financial offer right then. Usually that happens with early decision acceptances. Okay, oftentimes. Okay, now there are some colleges where you could find out December fifteenth that you were accepted, and you're not going to find out until April tenth what it's going to cost you. And of course, more commonly, it's everything in between. The most common use case is that once you're accepted into a school, you find out within about a month what the bottom line net cost full financial aid offer is going to be. But again, if you're accepted in the six schools, you're going to have six different ways and timelines that colleges give you that information. Yeah, if you get a great package and you don't accept right away, do you do you risk the package going down or losing the package or anything like this? It's a totally normal question here, and colleges can get a little bit high pressure with their sales tactics. That money's not going anywhere. You do not risk that money going anywhere. Okay, you know, and 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 usually you can feel a hundred percent safe that nothing's going anywhere until May first. Okay. There are the exceptions there is that there's some early decision colleges. If you accept that early decision, they do give you a timeline. It's usually a month. Okay. There's some ex more extreme examples that are two weeks and they say, you need to accept this within two weeks or within a month or else, you know, we're not guaranteeing your spot for this money. But generally speaking, that, and, and that is very much the exception. Generally speaking, you can anticipate whatever they offered. Um, that money is not going anywhere and it will remain there until May 1st. So 
you will have time to see everywhere that you're accepted and all the awards, et cetera. They're not going to dock you a couple thousand bucks a, a, a week if you're not uh, signing on the dotted line. Okay, all any any other questions here? We'll give it a we'll give it a few minutes, and uh, we're we're all caught up in terms of the questions that that came in. Okay. Yeah, if you are eligible for a Pell Grant in one school, where other will other schools follow suit? Generally speaking, yes. So this is a federal program. Um, now there are, and it's all tied. The the Pell Grant is all tied to your federal EFC that is generated by the FAFSA. So with, with very few exceptions, okay, if you get a, for example, a Pell Grant of $5,000 at one school, you can anticipate with a fair amount of confidence that you're going to get that exact Pell Grant amount at every single school that you're accepted into. That's generally how it works. Now, sometimes there are schools that make kind of their own interpretations and things like this where, you know, you may find some exceptions to that. We've run into it, but again, those are the exceptions rather than the rule. Generally speaking, whatever Pell Grant you get from one school, you can expect to get from every school. If the uh, question here is, if the merit-based scholarship is offered, does that mean they have also determined other financial aid as well at the same time? No. Um, so, so just because you've received the acceptance and the, and the merit-based scholarship notification and award, that does not mean they've already packaged you from a complete financial aid standpoint. Now, again, some schools may have and some schools do, but that's not an uh, universal indicator uh, that they have. Yeah, IDOC is a nightmare um, for, for a lot of families. And the specific, specific question here is that they have not received the email from IDOC uh, to sign the verification statement. Tried calling, can't get through to anyone. You know, they're understaffed <laughs> and there's no painless recommendation here. It's one of these things where you just got to sit tight and anticipate being on hold for, for an extended um, period of time. Um, if there is a, a one or a couple schools that you know are waiting on that, sometimes you can get verifications uh, statements from, from their websites and be able to download and print and sign and upload those to IDOC. So uh, sometimes that is a workaround. The other thing that you can do when you log into IDOC is you can see what colleges are, are waiting on what forms. You can call their financial aid offices to say, hey, we're having trouble with this particular uh, verification statement. What do you recommend? It depends on the school, but sometimes they're a lot easier to get a hold of than than IDOC. Yeah, once the FAFSA 
uh, has been submitted, um, you, you know, you can go back on there um, and delete the schools um, that you've already sent it to and go add the new ones. Um, the, the, there was some reason for pause here by this particular whoever asked this question because they said uh, that they talked to a college and the college said that, nope, don't delete them because they won't get the FAFSA. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, many people that you talk to in the financial in financial aid offices are unbelievably bad at their jobs. Um, and I say that kindly, um, but with frustration, because this is one that, that they just are giving completely wrong, misleading information, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, once a, a FAFSA gets submitted to the school, it'll be on there forever. And the school. Yeah. And, and Matt, to, to that point, sorry to cut you off, just uh, to that point, you know, if you uh, are speaking to, you know, the, the, the first person who picks up that phone, sometimes that could even be like a student. Um, right. On their you know, work study with, job. It's an, on their work it's study or something. So just keep that in mind. And, and they also have scripts and they're, they're taught to, you know, more or less, you know, uh, uh, turn you away in, in, in some ways so just be prepared that um, that is a case and if, if you're not satisfied with the answer um, or you're looking to go deeper make sure you're you're looking to speak to a decision maker supervisor director assistant director. yeah and I, or you could even ask for a financial aid counselor right or if you call the admissions office call the admissions counselor because a lot of times their first line of defense their firewalls to bill's point are work study kids that again might be a 19 year old freshman uh, and you're trying to ask them questions that are that are, have an impact on the rest of your financial life, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, th th that's uh, that's that's a why um, chimed in there. Um, so, can a student take out the student loan in his or her name? The financial aid or, or the loans that are going to be, as Bill mentioned, offered as part of every single financial aid package, the direct subsidized and or unsubsidized loan. That is only in the student's name. They don't need a cosigner. They don't need established credit. They're not going to get a bill until six months after graduation. It's only in their name. Okay. Anything that they borrow above that, somebody else's name will have to be attached to it, at least in the capacity of a cosigner. Okay. But that loan that's offered in every financial aid package, the direct subsidized or unsubsidized loan, um, is only in the student's name. All right, Matt, I think, uh, I think we'll maybe uh, give it a once, going once, yep, going we'll give twice. it a going once, going twice, going three times, and I'll... Uh... These are great questions, though, uh, yep. everyone. Mm -hmm. So, um, especially where we're at in the process, they're, they're absolutely spot on in terms of understanding uh, where we are from a timeline standpoint, navigating forward. Yeah. 
Um, so any financial aid follow-up will go to the student was the question, assuming all good and let's get to request. Again, every single college is different. Some colleges only uh, communicate with a student. Some colleges require with communicate with student and mom. Some colleges don't communicate at all. Uh, they may just post both requests and notifications just in the student portal. Um, so usually again, and usually if you haven't get, had a request for uh, additional financial information, verification, et cetera, it, it probably means you're in good, good standing, but it never guarantees it, right? And again, where some of these colleges are just so bad in terms of their communication, if there's any, you know, there is never a harm in calling and being proactive, calling these financial aid offices and saying, hey, do you guys have everything you need from us? Always a good exercise, little labor intensive, but always a good exercise. And then at least again, you, you, your imagination won't be getting away from you. It's, it's fine if the, if the parent is the late office. Yeah, they, usually when it's admission stuff and anything around admissions, we recommend it come from the student just because this is a way that they can stand out a little bit. And, you know, they're the one that are touching the, the uh, you know, quote unquote, touching the admissions counselor. So that's just uh, a nice look for, for them. But it's, it's, you know, more common that parents are involved with anything re regarding financial aid and, and uh, you know, it, it, there is no harm in any parents doing the follow-up inquiries. Okay, we'll hang on. All right, another question popping in here. Yeah, so all the, the, the question was is where are you know, previous sessions and recordings housed, they're in the community. So uh, within your, your um, you know, within the College Aid Pro tool, within the CAP tool, anytime that you log in there, uh, always at the top of the page lives a option for the community. And when you log in there, uh, one of the groups is the um, CFS membership group of which you all are, are, are a part. And within there is is all of the these recordings are housed a whole bunch of other collateral, you know, our four modules that goes through each part of this process. So right now we're kind of in that third process, which is, you know, reading these award letters and appealing um, for additional merit or aid consideration. But yeah, everything's in the community within your college. Hey, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to quickly give a, a quick teaser in terms of the upgrade we'll be doing with the membership. I know I spoke about, it, I think two weeks ago, uh, but this, this might um, help folks um, in terms of, um, you know, navigating to where the, the archives are, but probably sometime in the new year, uh, January, February, potentially, as we continue, this is going to be our, our kind of new platform to help us manage the membership. Um, and, um, you know, you could see the core training here, but, uh, there's going to be some bonus content, um, actually some bonus content around admissions as well, but then this is where we're going to archive, uh, the office hours, 
um, things like that. Um, there, there's also going to be sort of, uh, you can log into your College Aid Pro account from here. Um, there's a community feature, similar to how it stands now, but it's gonna be a little bit more user-friendly. So, um, you know, it's also gonna archive everything. You could actually start discussions, things like that. So um, once we have this actually polished, um, and we'll be discussing it, you know, come January, February, once it's ready to go. And um, uh, it'll be easier to refer back to some of these, uh, you know, some of the content, some of the collateral. Um, but, you know, you'll, you'll get an invitation to go there. I don't want to confuse anyone, just a, a little bit of a teaser being that it came up. Um, because, you know, uh, we want to make it super easy to uh, refer back to recordings, to the content collateral that, uh, that we discuss here, um, as opposed to having to search through your uh, you know, inbox or, or um, you know, you could still get to it, like Matt said, through the community feature uh, through College Aid Pro, but I think this is going to make it a little, little uh, even more user-friendly. All right, Matt, I'm going to go ahead and say we can uh, tie a bow on this one. We'll put a bow on it. Um, you know, best of luck is these, uh, and, and congratulations on all the acceptance and the awards that have come in to date. Um, you know, make sure that you're you're taking uh, some time to love up your 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 kids extra. I mean, I don't know if you saw what we sent out last night, but we really try to a couple times a year, and we don't do a good enough job of it. Remind everyone that this is the last year that you have your you know your your 17, 18 year old un, under the roof. Now, and I think probably it's been too much time under, under the same roof um, for most families over these last seven months or however many months it's, it's been here, but don't take that for granted. I mean, without exception, you know, when we kind of reflect back and ask families what, if they could go back in time and change one thing about their, their kids last year at home, it, it, it was that they kind of took that for granted and forgot that fact because this process is so stressful and overwhelming and so action oriented that what gets lost in the shuffle is that damn that my, my you know my kids an adult they're growing up they're going off on their own very soon here so um you know i said the fact that like my wife just brought up the other day my our, our daughter just had a birthday and she said you know did, did the families that you work with do they just cry for the whole year straight because it's it's you know they're her kids last year at home and like um you know and by the way she's turned six so we got some time here but my wife's just kind of anticipating how hard that would that would be and I said geez you know what Pro they probably don't enough because uh we get all we get too lost in the content here which I totally get but um I just want to remind you of that don't lose sight of what's uh what matters the most here and these kids are under a ton of freaking pressure and they're doing a great job so uh and so are you guys it's hard being a parent and uh, this, is, this is a hard thing. So, so don't forget that and, and really uh, celebrate the successes. There's going to be a lot of them um, and we'll look forward to talking to you guys in, in a couple of weeks. Yep. So uh, everybody enjoy uh, whatever you are celebrating. That's right. Go and celebrate hard um, <laughs> and enjoy this kind of lull. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, now we wish you all the best. We're, we're, we're as always, we're, we're super grateful for you uh, being part of this uh, community, this membership. So go and uh, celebrate the holidays, but celebrate yourselves and 
uh, take a load off and enjoy the, the downtime. That's right. I'll second Billy. We appreciate you, you all. And uh, we'll talk in the community and we'll talk in a few weeks. Bye all.